God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, Joe Biden rolled out his uh, budget yesterday and $5.8 trillion or something like that. It was uh, really that's what he's proposing. And, you know, a lot of economists will tell you that um, that it's going to result in inflation. All this spending and uh, but, you know, that is part of the design of a globalist uh, when they want to take over the world is they actually give you money and they collapse your economy that way. It's it's part of a strategy. Uh, I was reading up on this and uh, I was surprised to see it, actually, that there was part of the. And uh, an overall strategy, but he's stepping into it in a lot of other ways. He gave a press conference and he was being called to task on the comments he made over the weekend. And I remember reading a tweet by Alexander Vindman. This was the speech that to make that encapsulates the President Biden uh, administration. And, and this was the tear down your wall speech. And this was the great speech of all time. This was greater than Reagan's tear down that wall speech. And they would just promote and tout this guy, the senile old man that seems to be running the world right now into the ground. You know, Tucker Carlson had on had a really good uh, opening and he was talking about, you know, how scary it is to basically have a uh, a person that. You know, one of the first things to go when you start to get senile, from what I've read, is that uh, anger sets in, frustration. And, you know, that anger that you see when Joe Biden responds to a reporter seems to be coming from some sort of uh, <clears throat> not being able to control your emotions or trying to overact your emotions but not realizing that it's coming across in a very unnatural way. 
because you're so much into faking it. I mean, he's got the plastic surgery going on. He looks like a freak show. He looks like a freak. And and the thing is, he didn't have to look that way. He wasn't a bad-looking guy. And he didn't need all that Botox in his face. And he's getting older. But age really has nothing to do with it. 79 is not old, really. I mean, in terms of brain function. Look at Donald Trump. How sharp and smart he is. Look at the stamina. I was just watching an interview with Kid Rock and, and Tucker. And there were some really, really great clips where Kid Rock loves hanging out with the 70-something-year-old Donald Trump. He's fun to be around. And he's sharp as a tack. There's just no way that someone like Donald Trump lost to a guy like Joe Biden. There's just no way. Especially when the incumbent president wins more votes than any other president incumbent before him in the history of America. And while you have more people in our country that could give two cents for our Constitution, that don't care about our history, you know, and that seems to be what's going on here. You know, we were talking about the Oscars yesterday and, you know, the fallout of Will Smith and the whole thing. And, you know, Donald Trump Jr. uh, gave a really great uh, response to that. Um, Cat Turd gave a good response to that. And and I said to myself, I'm going to read some of these responses. (laughs) Like Cat Turd writes... Will Smith is the perfect example of a Hollywood liberal. Practices hate and violence, preaches peace and love. Another phony loser for the left to worship. And why that's significant is because when you saw, you know, Will Smith collect his award for best actor uh, because he played uh, the father role in uh, Richard Williams in in the... uh, Serena and Venus Williams' father, King Richard, they called it. And he he played a great role. It was a really great job. He did. He's a good actor. <clears throat> but he gets up there and he talks about all this love in his heart. But he just got done B-slapping a comedian on stage in front of the world. He should have been arrested at that point. If he was a Trump supporter, he would have been. And that's just one of the problems. We have two standards of justice Then you start to see these pundits, particularly the black pundits, that just sort of go to bat for him and say it's okay to just beat someone up. And then they kind of throw Chris Rock a bone and say, well, he, you know, I heard he didn't know about the alopecia uh, condition that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. But, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith has been sleeping around with, uh, uh, you know, Grant Hill. And another guy, um, that's what they do. They have an open marriage. Uh, August, Elena, Grant Hill, those are some of her lovers. She just wants this open marriage. They they don't believe in the sanctity of marriage. And then there's pictures of uh, Will Smith grabbing Jada's butt in public. Somehow, none of this is disrespectful, but a comedian who doesn't know her condition... 
makes this joke and he decides to stop the Oscars. Will Smith does and does this thing. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So Donald Trump Jr. writes, what kind of privilege is it when you can assault someone on national television and then go ahead and win an Oscar rather than go to jail, asking for millions of supposedly privileged people? Meanwhile, I mean, we still have these people rotting in jail at J6, you know, without a uh, charge. They're not even charged with a crime. But they're sitting in jail waiting for... Their, and, and like Julie Kelly said recently in her and, and also in her book, by the time they actually go to court later in this year, they will have been in jail almost two years. Almost two years. Without being charged with a crime. They'll never get that back. They, they should have a, a vehicle for of a lawsuit. <clears throat> but then again, you know, it shouldn't even be that. But Justin Trudeau, you know, he, he did the same thing with the truckers, locked them up, ran them, ran, them, ran them over with horses, seized their bank accounts, stole their GoFundMe money, and chased them out of town. Lied about everything that they did. This is Justin Trudeau, globalist, who's on record as, as saying he uh, admires, kind of, he kind of admires the Chinese dictatorship because of how efficient it is. It's so efficient in, getting, in, the, in the way that they can get things done. They don't have to wrangle with all these adversaries and opponents and have political discussions and debates. But we are a civilized, rational bunch of people. Speak multiple languages. But, you know, he's just no better than the rest. He'll trample over your face with a horse if you cross him. That's Justin Trudeau. That little pipsqueak of a man who dresses up in blackface and tries to then virtue signal and tell you how much of an open-minded non-racist he is. It's absolutely absurd. The Ivy Leagues have been doing it for, for a long time. This pompous attitude. You know, this weight that they give people with the initials after their name. Which actually mean nothing. And... Because it's the person that you're buying and selling. It's the person that you're learning from. It's the person who's treating you. It's not the accolades or credentials. Because they can be bought. Well, they are bought. <laughs> Most of the time, they're bought. It really depends on what you do in your, from your heart. And and one of the things about the Oscars, and I'll say this one last thing about the Oscars, because I'm, well, not only, the, the ratings are really low. I'm going to tell you about the ratings here in a second. Greg Price from uh, Fox News, he said the Oscar ratings over the years, in 2014, it was 43.7 million viewers. Okay, that's the ratings. 2015, it went down from 43.7 to 37.3 million in 2016 now, now now stick with me here because it, Trump enters and then they got Trump derangement syndrome and I think it's kind of interesting I, I really do see a shift 
2016, Trump hasn't been born yet, right? You know, Trump, he's, nobody thinks he's going to be president. And they got their Obama, you know, and they're doing all their thing. And 2016, 34.4. And then 2017, President Trump, 32.9. Because still people were riding high on a lot of things on the economy, I think. But then 2018, it starts to take a dip because people are just outraged by Trump, even though he's like the greatest president we've ever had in our lifetimes, right? Sorry about that. Forgot to mute that commercial break. You want to go to a commercial break? Would you like to go to a commercial break? No, we won't go to a commercial break. We'll skip that. 2018, 26.5 million. Okay, then 2019, 29.6. So it's hovering around 26 to 29. It's in the 20s now. So 2014, it was 43 million. And then 15, 16, 17, it's in the 30 millions. Uh, 2018, 19, 20, it's in the 20 millions. Guess what happened in 2021 because of, you know, COVID? Went down to 10 million. 10 million. And la- this year, 2022, 13 million. That's it. Boom. So it's the second lowest, and by far, you know, 21 and 22. The Oscars are over is my point. This whole thing about glitz and glamour, it's gone. There was a lot of overweight people. There was a lot of people that could barely speak English. There's a lot of people that don't even know who's president right now that are winning awards at the Oscars. Like I said yesterday, they could have this anywhere. And it's because they're forcing enforcing this equity down your throats. You know, I guarantee you that these people that hobnob with Nancy Pelosi and her husband on the insider trades and stuff, stuff like that, out in California with their gated communities and their vineyards, they're not living with these migrants that are coming through the border. They're not living with all of this multiculturalism. They're not dealing with the multiculturalism. If you look at the Democrat Party, it's whiter than white. You know, Act Blue actually takes a whip out and whips the Black Lives Matter into the streets and has them commit bloodshed. It's, it's unbelievable. Act Blue is so white. And yet the Black Lives Matter slaves actually go out and pull their shenanigans and hurt people and attack the police and burn buildings down acting like there's some sort of victim. And that's the, that's the final point I want to make about this Oscars thing. Will Smith is up there after he B-slaps Chris Rock, and somehow they award him with a Best Actor Award. The guy's been acting since the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's been acting since, what, the 80s? The guy's been acting for 40 years, folks. Somehow he's crying his eyes out. All emotional. This is like the best thing's ever happened to me. After I just got done smacking and punching in the face a a comedian because he insulted my wife who I insult every day. It's absolutely hypocrisy. It's absolutely absurd. And people gave him a standing ovation because they have no moral compass. But the idea is, is that what the heck is going on in these people's minds? 
can't you just be a pro? You've been doing this acting job for 40 years. Yeah, you win a, cu- a couple of trophies within your own peers because you did some good work. People like you. People like your work. They could see your work. But there's a lot of people that do great work every single day in finance, in medicine, in research, in politics. There's a lot of great theater actors that never really get the chance to get on the big silver screen, but they're wonderful artists. You know, some of the best music I've ever seen in my life, I love indie music. I love singer-songwriters. I love folk music. I love that stuff. I like to go to these venues, whether it's candlelit, and the artist is talking to you. They're usually liberal, actually, but they're playing their music. And some of it is some of the best music I've ever heard. And then you get people like Ashley Simpson. Remember that in Saturday Night Live? Her backtrack went off and she couldn't even perform. She couldn't speak. Or Mariah Carey, for example, when her backtrack didn't work on New Year's Eve, she just walked off the stage. One of the most beautiful voices in the world and she couldn't sing a cappella and make it a moment. These people are so programmed and so pompous. And it's just sad. But, you know, the saddest part of that whole Oscars thing is is, is Will Smith crying his, like a little baby. Crying like a little baby after he punched somebody in the face. And talking about peace and love when just moments ago he was committing violence. And I just think the hypocrisy of that is exactly what goes on in Washington every day. Cat Turd was right when he said Will Smith is the perfect example of a Hollywood liberal practices hate and violence, practices hate and violence, but preaches peace and love. And that's exactly replicate of the Democrat Party who preaches to wear the mask, but then doesn't wear the mask, right? that preaches that taxes are your civil duty, but then don't pay their own taxes. They find ways to bury their money in in the Cayman Islands. They tell you about, you know, turning off your water and driving an electric vehicle, but yet they fly on their private jets. You see, it goes way, way deeper than that. And this is part of the globalist movement where the people in control get to live however they want. But what they want to do is they want to corral you. Like, you know, remember Babe, the movie Babe, and and the pig herded the sheep into a little corral? That's you. You're the sheep. That name sheeple that rhymes with people is the problem. Don't be that. Don't do that. Don't ever ever, ever lay down your sword. Never. That's your God-given right to hold that sword and protect yourself and your family. Never give up. Never give up. As soon as you do that, you're lost. So never give up. Never give up your Second Amendment right. Never give up that. And you better believe that that's what they're going to need you to do. You know, one of the things I talked about, the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor in search of a new world order where the Japanese saw themselves as running Asia, 
They saw Germany prevailing in in, in uh, Europe and running Europe, and they saw the America, uh, United States, running America. They saw a three tier world order. And yesterday I talked about what Biden envisions a new world order, and in part, it's it's almost forcing the hand of someone like Putin to step into this trap because they know that they're never going to get just like when they. Um, divided black, uh, the blacks in, the, in America. They used Black Lives Matter to do it. See, they used, the Democrats used Black Lives Act Blue, took out their whip, controlled their slaves, and forged Black Lives Matter in the wake of Michael Brown in Ferguson. And they tried to create this racial tension and divide because Obama was a master of that. That's how his community organizations worked in Chicago. But the idea was, that they would split. They knew that they were going to go left. They were going to pivot further to the left. They knew that they were never going to win over the conservative black, right? The black conservatives. They knew that that was never going to happen, especially in the direction they were heading. The uh, squad, the Ocasio-Cortezes, the anti-Semitic route where they hate Israel. They love the Palestinians. They love the radical Islamic jihads. They see them as victims somehow. They love the open border society. Because in a globalist world, open, what do you need borders? When it's, when, it's, when it's our country and your country belong to the same people, why do you need borders? And belongs to who? Whoever's in charge at the time, the globalists. So why do you need borders? And that's what they did. They kind of split up the, uh, they, they, did, they erased the borders in Europe. If you go from France to Italy, you barely even need papers anymore, right? You used to, but you don't anymore. We still need papers to get to Canada or Mexico. But they, you, they divided, they <clears throat> drove a wedge between the black conservatives and the black liberals. And they'd use Black Lives Matter to do it. And the math was in their favor, wasn't it? See, they're smart. They knew that 70% of the black population voted Democrat. So they said, look, let's not try to win them all over. Let's just take the 70 and put them in a fight against the 30. And we'll drive a wedge between them. And we'll harden the lines and draw the battle lines out so that the Republicans can keep their measly 30%, but they'll never get this 70%. Because once we drive this wedge, they'll be stubborn enough to never want their minds to be changed. They're going to be in a fight. So then when Trump comes along, capable of actually winning over black populations because of what he did with HBCU, uh, historically black and community colleges and universities, because of what he did with um, criminal justice reform, because of what he did with Tim Scott and Opportunity Zones, and because of what he did, uh, actually, even with um, uh, leading the world in terms of reper- repercussions for being a homosexual, he was leading the world in terms of, especially the Muslim world, that were pushing gays off of roofs. And he was saying, this, should, this is a violation of human rights. And he was leading the world in protecting their rights to do whatever, how, live however they want and not be murdered for their sexual choices. 
So Trump was really the one leader that did the most for homosexuality, uh, homosexuals and, and, and minorities. And yet he doesn't get the credit for that. And, and the thing about that is, is that's exactly what is going on right now in, at the Oscars. You know, every other brother and their sister, I mean, they were showing Juno, which starred Ellen Page being pregnant. And then she's up there on stage as now Elliot Page with a deeper voice and looks like, looks like a dude, right? She got a change. I'm just saying it's a freak show. Americans I know don't live like that. Trust me. It's a fraction of a per- percent. And yet they want you to feel and believe just like the Obamas that are rigging the Netflix and, uh, you know, virtue singling and selling you every single frame, every single scene, every single movie, every single series. That every family has this going on. That every family has a five-year-old that wants to be another sex, you know, or whatever. You know, I saw this video and it was a real video. It was like a, they were showing these kids celebrating uh, gay pride. And the teachers were getting them to do it. And these people were like in second grade, third grade, celebrating gay pride. Give me a break. That's the wrong message. That's not the right message. And yet Christianity, you know, um, I was listening to a report talk about this. They were talking about when Gavin Newsom shut down the churches in California and said, you can, you can go to the bar, but you can't go to the church. Guess what? Now everybody can get back to the church, but guess what? The numbers for the church are down. Do you think that wasn't by design? It is by design. The numbers for the church People have lost their habit, that good habit of going to church, that good, wholesome habit of going to church to be near your community, to be congregating with people in your town, listening to the Word of God and, and rejoicing over the, over the things you should be grateful for. And so you have all of this goodness, just a dose of it. Just, just give, me, give me a dose of it. Give me a dose of goodness. Give me a dose of hope. Because we know that the reason why the globalists don't want you to embrace God is because if you're going to be hooked up with God, you're never going to change your mind. God has a control over a person more than a government ever could. And they want to replace God with government. That's what they want to do. It's disgusting. I said this. I was reading this uh, article from Great India. Great Game India. It's a kind of a conservative, uh, outside-of-the-country uh, newspaper in India written for the English language. And, uh, but, oh, just wanted to wrap up. So the Oscars, when they're pushing all of this, they're trying to push it, and it's part of a globalist agenda. So that's why, ever since Trump, 
called them out on it. Called called Kaepernick out for taking a knee and called the Oscars out for, you know, being hypocrites with the Lear Jets and, you know, and the climate and the hypocrisy of it all. And then all this, these immoral, you know, and I still believe that much of this whole thing about homosexuality is a sexual preference and a choice. And it's not that you're born any certain way. Um, and I, I also believe that, you know, if you want to be a trans, again, once again, it's it's a choice that you're making. Just like if I put a nose ring on my nose or a tattoo down my arm, it's a choice I make. Some people say it's for them and some people don't. And that's fine. We live in America. You can do any of that. And that's okay with me. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. You want to get in the ring and box? Go ahead and box. I could care less what you do as long as it's legal. And as long as you're not forcing your will on me. But God bless you. And I wish you well. I don't wish you ill. But don't try to change. Don't try to take money out of my pocket to finance it. And see, that's the other part of it is they're buying voter blocks with all of this gender Gender, these gender issues about women in sports and things like that. You ask yourself, why is this happening? Because they're locking down. They're doing the most unthinkable things that don't make any sense. And they're, they're making it look like they're giving the trans a bone. They're giving the trans nothing. And they're taking away from women, but somehow liberal women still vote for the same guy that's actually ruining their athletics with allowing trans to get into their sports. And and so the point is, though, they're buying it. Just like when Linda B. Johnson said, we're going to own those N-words for the next 200 years. He used civil rights to do it. He used civil rights to win over a population that he could bank on for the next 200 years in terms, in terms of a voting block. And what they're doing is they're giving out all this stuff to gays and try, you know, and telling you things that aren't even true. You know, after a while, the gaslighting gets really old. I was having this conversation with a friend. I said, you know, um, what if you're married to a couple? What if you're a couple and you're married and you say the fridge is no longer the fridge, it's a stove. And the stove, we're standing in the kitchen, right? And the stove is a fridge, and and the and the sink is a fire truck and the TV is something else right and the bed is not a bed it's a chandelier and i want you to learn to call them all these things almost like learning a different language and if you don't do it i'm going to be very unhappy with you i'm going to punish you if you don't uh adhere to my views that the fridge is a stove and the stove is a fridge and we're just going to make it like this. Stove is the icebox. And so on and so forth. And, and, and that's what we're being told, these things. We're being told that somehow, you know, I mean, they're going as far as to say a man can have a baby and a man can milk, <laughs> you know, feed their baby. It's, it's crazy stuff. They're, we're being told all these things that just aren't true. That it's gas. You could say it's gaslighting, but it's really more than that. It's psyops, and it's not just more than that psyops, 
but they're doing it. And the Democrats that are benefiting from it and the the crazy freaks that are benefiting from this are going to be voting for the people that support the most unthinkable concepts. And they're it's going to lock down a voter block. They got a matrix going on there. Just like I said, you know, France is going to have an election in April. And when Macron divided and said 85% of the country are patriots and 15% shouldn't even be French. He was basically going with the math and saying, these 85% are now on my side. And he was basically saying, if you're vaxxed, you're with me. If you're unvaxxed, I don't even want your vote. And by doing that, he created a wedge between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. But it's a winning argument for him because 85% of France is already vaxxed. I'm proud to say I'm not vaxxed. I've never been vaxxed and I'm, I haven't done it. I've managed to get away without doing it. But in any case, that's an old strategy that's being dusted off and renewed over and over again. They're doing it with the gay community. They're doing it with the trans community. They're doing it with the Hispanic community. They're offering, hey, come to America illegally. We'll give you $400,000. They're going to turn them into Democrat voters. They can't afford it. It's sort of like saying, hey, come and join my cult I'm going to go ahead and give you this uh, $20 bill to join my cult. I can't afford it. I'm going to be out of money. I'm not going to be able to provide any, provide any services at some point because the only way you actually finance socialism is when it follows up on a very wealthy capitalist society. And sooner or long, the trouble with socialism is you run out of other people's money, like Mar- Margaret Thatcher said. There it is. It's all tied together. Tying the Oscars with the globalists, the hypocrisy, using regulatory things like climate, using COVID, and all these other mechanisms to control people. They even use wars and conflicts and chaos to get refugees and to distribute money and to to strengthen the military-industrial complex, to create black markets where there wasn't any. This whole concept of nation-building has never worked. You know, we, did, we failed at nation-building in Afghanistan. We failed at nation-building in Iraq. We failed at nation-building in Libya, where we killed Gaddafi. We tried to destroy Syria. We failed at nation-building in Syria. And why do we think that it's going to work in Ukraine? Why? This Cloward and Piven crap doesn't work, folks. Tear it down and build it up in the utopia that you see as a better way. Nothing's better than what Thomas Jefferson wrote up in the Constitution. Nothing's better than what our founding fathers put together. We have the best Constitution. It allows for us to correct our mistakes through a painful process, which it should be painful and slow. It should be. But they want rapidity. They want executive orders and memorandas. And they want to uh, run the government by fiat. They want to try people in the court of public opinion, not in the courts. They want to hire progressives based on their skin, uh, as judges, like based on their skin color and gender. They're stupid people. These Democrats. Unbelievable stupidity. 
and yet they defend it. They just try to defend the indefensible. And they don't realize where this leads us all. It's a slippery slope, and everybody gets into the crash. Everybody, it's like an icy bridge. Every single body goes down, not just the Democrats, not just the Republicans, but they're destroying it. And the only reason why they're winning is they're rigging it with their ballot harvesting, their mail-in ballots, they're changing the rules, and somehow the Republicans in Washington and in state in the state houses are allowing it to happen right in front of them. Is it because of the money they're being paid off on the side? Is it worth that much to them? I don't know. I don't know what's I don't know how their brain thinks to seem to 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 think that that can be possible. And how is it that we live in a country like the United States so great where Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden are the three most powerful people in the world, and Kamala Harris. I mean, think about the weakest four individuals you could name, and they would probably be on the short list. How in the world did they rise to the top and become the most powerful people in the world? It's a mystery. But it's when there's no explanation, it's got to be because there's cheating going on. And people at home are listening and they're like, you think? <laughs> That's the understatement of the year, Scott. Yeah, of course it is. But I think about this stuff every day. It drives me bonkers. I said this. I said, if BlackRock, if BlackRock China, and globalists like Bill Gates, what if... BlackRock, China, and globalists like Bill Gates buy all of our land, turning, turning us all into renters. Companies like Lyft and Uber own the cars we ride in. And companies like Amazon and Spotify and Apple, they own all of our music. Remember, you used to go out and buy an album, and that vinyl was yours. That 8-track tape was yours, depending on how old you are. That 78 record was yours. That 33 record was yours. That 45 record, the cassette tape, the 8-track tape. Then we had CDs. We owned it all, man. We owned that that music. It was ours. It was a piece of hardware. Now we rent it. We subscribe to it. There, no one has an album collection. Hey, let me see your album collection. Hey, look at my phone. Right? It's different. We live in a different world. We lived in a different world. I said something about this yesterday, about talking about the Oscars. It's like we live in a different world right now. You used to be able to escape and at least look at the uh, glitz and glamour and it no longer exists. It's a bunch of crap. But here it is, and I'm going to finish this thought and take a call here in just a second. But um, so Lyft and Uber drive us around in cars that we don't own. Amazon, Spotify, and Apple bring us music we don't own. BlackRock, 
China and globalists are buying up all the land like Bill Gates and his farmlands, BlackRock and their real estate. And they're driving the prices up to the where we can't afford the houses anymore. And we end up renting. We don't own that either. And if the aristocrats and politicians own everything, where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? Does anybody know where that leaves us? I don't know. I, I don't know where it leaves us, but it doesn't seem to leave us anywhere where good. And that's concerning to me. And that's part of the globalist movement. Is And there was an article that came out and says, U.S. experiments with the World Economic Forums, you will own nothing and you'll like it. I don't believe that. I think it is I think it you know when you, the worst communities in society are the ones where that you don't have a stake in your land you don't have a stake in your community you don't have a stake in your property people take care of what they own more than they take care of things they don't caller you're on the air Hey Morris Scott good morning <clears throat> on the uh, on the subject of the uh, what you're talking about owning anything and and how uh, all these uh, websites and software companies own everything that you have, um, you know I I, I do uh, computer uh, 3D modeling and uh, 3D printing, and uh, I'm noticing that a lot of the programs now uh, require you to be online while you're using it. And uh, and some of the other ones that are offline, you still have to go online to uh, they they say verif to uh, ana- analyze your models or your files. So what they're doing is, is they're they're cutting everybody off from uh, uh, private, secured, hardline connections. They're making everything wireless and everything have to be sent out to be analyzed. Because what they're doing is they're stealing everybody's ideas. They're t- they're making copies of these of these files, right? And they're filing patents on stuff that they're that they uh, that they think is unique, and uh, and the same thing with the music. A lot of the music programs nowadays you can't you can't uh, do recording on them uh, without being online, because they want access to everything. You notice how all the phones nowadays they don't have the, the they used to have the little SD cards. Yeah, you, you don't have them anymore because they don't want you to have offline copies of anything they want to have access to every single thing that you think and do that's what i've been trying to tell people all this surveillance and 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 monitoring and spying it's not to control you it's to steal your ideas they're stealing our ideas it's all industrial espionage wow that's a great point because uh i think you know the greatest ideas are are from the grassroots and well, yeah, so that's they're, what they're, they're doing. But imagine if you had access. Ideas. Yeah, imagine if you had access to every idea from every single person in the world right. at any moment. You yeah. know, and you have the infrastructure where you can take that idea and actually put it to use and get a patent. And and I well, mean, all this stuff is just done automatically. And, and by the way, as, there's been lots of stories in the music business uh, going back to the 70s or whatever, where you'll see some uh, music artists become famous, right? And a couple of their lyrics and a couple of their jingles and a couple of their melodies came, and, and some guy comes out of the woodwork and says, I remember I met so-and-so, you know, back in 1978, and in, I wrote this sheet music here. This is my sheet music. He, he took it from me. 
you know, and and he made millions off of it, and I got nothing. You know, so you hear those it's, stories it's all like, the time. It, it's like uh, you know, I've I've got this uh, this this Samsung phone, right? And I use I use my phone for recording a lot because I, I I record music, and uh, when I try to when I plug headphones into it, my volume goes nuts. It it goes down. I turn it back up. It goes back down. It goes back. It turns back. It turns back down all the time. And when I use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or any of that, it doesn't do that. Hmm. So the re- I mean, the, the obvious reason to me why they why that does it is because they don't want you using a hardwired connection. Wow. So they make it so they make it difficult and a pain in the ass. So that you just say screw it. Now you know I'll use the the Bluetooth or the or the Wi-Fi. Right. And then they have access to everything that you're doing. Wow. What's your instrument? Uh, guitar, bass, drums. Okay. All right. Who's your favorite art- music artist? Oh my God, there's so many. I, I don't have a favorite. It depends on what genre. You know, there's, there's so many excellent artists out there. I, I mean, I'm I'm more of the the metal type. I mean, I like uh, you know, like Steve Vai and <clears throat> Eddie Van Halen and stuff yeah. like that. But okay. uh, yeah. It's um I I've been trying to tell people this and and they don't seem to understand it you know yeah. that they're they're not they're not monitoring us they're monitoring our ideas right that's a good point and thank you for calling in today thank you thanks bye all right you know um I I hadn't heard that uh, I really hadn't heard that one before that's a pretty good one we have a couple of audio clips I want to get into and uh, play today as well so there's a lot a lot of show that I have on the oh by the way facebook i put this out it says let this sink in for a minute instead of the death rate for covid let's look at covid survival rates here's the percentage of world population that have not died from covid-19 in uk 99.972% belgium 99.944% spain 99.956% usa 99.954% have not died from COVID. <clears throat> in China, uh, the percentage that did not die, 99.99967%. India, the percentage who did not die, 99.9935. So, you know, Africa, 99.99725. They didn't participate in the vaccines nearly as much. Uh, and they got in trouble. Yeah, that's why that's where Omicron came from. And again, I think it was a plant because they stopped buying Pfizer products and they were punished for it. Uh, but in any case, what I'm saying is, is that these numbers and Africa is the lowest. Uh, these numbers. Uh, I put them out there and they came from the data sources, World Health Organization, Johns Hopkins. Wikipedia, Google. And Facebook flagged it and said, it's misleading. It's too optimistic. (laughs) And when it turns out to be true, then I guess that's going to be their official statement. It's too optimistic. I definitely think that the COVID was used by the globalists to advance the ball, to crush the middle class. I've always said you can't have tyranny and, and government control if you have a strong, independent thinking vibrant, working middle class. 
and you know that that uh, can can uh, pray and and go to church on their own. And uh, once you have those freedoms of religion and freedom to bear arms and the freedom to earn a living, uh, they have no control over you. And they want you to give that up. They want you to put a mask on your face to conceal your identity, to isolate and to separate. Uh, They want you to, you know, um, they just want you to be separate from society. They want you to be alone. And, you know, you work better in teams, don't you? You know, all these married couples would tell you that. Um, So I'm just saying this is what they're doing. And uh, be aware of it. And don't let them win. Fight back. You're tough. You're strong. You can do this. So, um, there's a lot of talk about um, Joe Biden. I wanted to listen to Tulsi Gabbard say this one thing here. Let's take a listen. Uh, Okay, we're going to get there in just a second. Um, We're running out of time, so we got to speed things up of his administration's policies are, which is... I think what we're seeing here, Tucker, is we're focusing on his comments about regime changes. It was not a gaffe at all. President Biden just said out loud what the aims and objectives of his administration's policies are, which is regime change in Russia, to get Putin out of power. And, you know, they're they're doing so through uh, using the primary weapons of economic warfare. They're doing so by waging this modern-day siege against Russia, uh, you know, isolating, containing, uh, destroying their economy, starving the Russian people in the hopes that the Russian people or the military will rise up and revolt and overthrow their government uh, and, and get rid of Putin. And the reason why they're lying about this to the American people, Tucker, is they know that we are sick and tired of our country re- waging regime change wars. We remember how costly and devastating these wars in Iraq and Libya and Syria and others have been, and we reject them wholeheartedly. So if they were to come out and tell the truth, their polls would tank even more than they already are, and their politics uh, would suffer. And, and that's so, really I, where, where you, we have to... I, I believe yeah, you completely that clearly they, they want that. But what comes after? Killing people is relatively easy. Building things is really hard. So this is a real country with 140 million people living in it, huge energy reserves, Putin goes, then what? Have they thought that through? I mean, the answer to that is clearly no. And, and this, isn't, this isn't just my opinion. We have history to look for to the answer to this question. In every one of these regime change wars, uh, we've seen how the answer to the question, what happens next? Who takes charge after you topple that dictator? Uh, what weapons will they have under their control? They never have an answer to that question. And what we're seeing play out before us uh, is following that exact same track record, only dang- more dangerously so, because the American people are smart enough to know that a regime change war against a nuclear-armed Russia is very different from any other that's been waged before and will result in in disastrous consequences that, that go beyond. So the other part is Biden doesn't seem to know what he's talking about. So let's take a listen to this right here. Seeing that so early that you were too quick to rule out direct military intervention in this war, could Putin have been emboldened? knowing that you are not going to get involved directly in this conflict? No and no. I do not believe that. 
And to clarify on chemical weapons, could if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would be. It would trigger a response in kind. So trigger a response in kind, okay? That means, yes, we would do it too. Now I've listen to this. I've spoken to in the days when they, in fact, uh, didn't have what you'd call democracy. This is saying was there in the Madan Airport when in Poland. The former leader had to take off and head up into Russia. And uh, so, you know, but the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts. And I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast southeast. Come on, Joe, spit um, it out, Joe. Ukraine, but also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there. And some of you've been there. You're going to see. You're going to see women, young people standing standing in the middle of front of a damn tank. What an idiot. So he basically is saying he's going to be there, right? And then um, he's asked this question. Your government has been trying to walk that back. Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. So I'll answer sti- them all. Well, he sticks, he sticks by his guns, but then Peter Ducey uh, said um, that basically uh, he, he said three things that he, he didn't, uh, didn't mean to say. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know you're going to ask a really nice question. Well, it's it's an important question, I think. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? They're not getting walked back. It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three occurred. Well, that's not true. And he also flip-flopped. He just he's flip-flopped on just about everything on on uh, deterrence of sanctions. Uh, He's flip-flopped. His administration's flip-flopped on that. He's getting senile. That's the problem. Um, and you can't believe this leader. We have a lot of other clips we want to play today. We're going to play them tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. That brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Also use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And subscribe to my Substack over at scottadamshow.substack.com. I'm going to be posting this show in the next hour. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.